Jazz, a world audience podcast about anything and everything weather, science, earth science, and a whole lot more. I'm your host and the creator of the Weather Jazz podcast, Andre Bernier. I'm the senior meteorologist on staff with WJW Television in Cleveland, Ohio. This is season three, episode number 34 for Monday. February 27th, 2023. Today's episode brought to you by Rise and Dine Restaurant. This is their Saturday. They they normally close on Tuesday. So they have one of those schedules that allows everybody the same day off. And that's Tuesday. And probably for very good reason, given the fact that they're busy on weekends and on Fridays. And even on Monday when everybody is just wanting to get the day going with some great food, especially for breakfast, brunch too, and lunch. Pay them a visit. They're in Chesterland on the corner of Route 306 and 322, better known as Mayfield Road and Chillicothe Road. And they are in the plaza just south of the CVS on the southeast corner. And I actually ran into somebody this weekend And they said that they were sampling Rise and Dine because they had heard it on Weather Jazz. So I said, hey, make sure you tell Terry and Frank that uh, you heard that on Weather Jazz. And that's why you were there. So that was very, very cool to run into some folks there this weekend when my son and I uh, were there and enjoying a wonderful Saturday morning breakfast. Their menu items, extensive. You will have a tough time picking it all out, so much so that if it's your first time, obviously you're going to go back to sample some of the other fare. It is wonderful. Pay them a visit sometime. Rise and dine in Chesterland. Well, this is Meteorological Monday, and we're going to take a look at uh, some interesting things that happen to pop up over the weekend. This has been one of those really, really active periods now. We're entering into the period where severe weather is going to start to migrate from the south-central states and then push northward. I'll talk a little bit more about what happened in Norman, Oklahoma on Sunday night. However, first of all, I really should address what should have been, what could have been a brand new record for Cleveland. And that would have been Cleveland's least snowiest February on record, and up to this point, the record that stood was 0.2 inches, and that's a relatively recent affair, certainly within the last 10 years or so. However, on Saturday morning, we anticipated uh, some snow showers, but we weren't exactly sure how vigorous the system would be. Well, it was vigorous enough 
to put down some snow and more than 0.1 inches. Had it just put down a tenth of an inch, it would have tied the record at 0.2, but it did much more than that. This was a very vigorous system. I got to tell you a quick little story. I actually woke up at 3.30 Saturday morning and I looked out the window as I frequently do. I checked the temperature. You know, being a meteorologist, I always look at the thermometer. And when I do that, I also think of my father who would do the same thing. When he would get up in the middle of the night, he would always take his flashlight and look at the thermometer on the other side of the window. Of course, back then, there weren't any digital thermometers that you could read on the inside. They were all on the outside. And he would do that and see what the temperature is. Well, I do the same thing, except that I have the distinct advantage of looking at the temperature from a digital weather station from inside. Well, when I looked out the window at 3.30 Saturday morning, there was no snow and it was in the upper 20s. And I thought, okay, well, doesn't look like we're going to see much snow and we could be looking at a new record because really the only thing that was going to spoil that record was this system coming through on Saturday morning. Well, lo and behold, I wake up on Saturday morning after the sun started coming up and looked out to a winter wonderland. Now, if you take a look at the observations that I posted from the official National Weather Service website, you will see that the light snow began at about 4 o'clock, 3.51 a.m. The observations are taken typically about 8 or 9 minutes before the top of the hour, And so around 4 o'clock in the morning, the snow started. And by 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock, we had accumulated some pretty decent liquid equivalents. And and I have that circled in red. You'll see that on weatherjazz.com, episode number 34. And with that liquid equivalent, it stands to reason that we ended up with 1.1 inches of snow officially at Hopkins Airport. And we had about the same here in west central Geauga County, and it was across the northern counties, a pretty wide swath that ended up with about an inch to an inch and a half of snow. Now, I did check the webcams all across the area. You'll see the one that I posted from Burke Lakefront Airport. And I also checked the webcam down in North Canton, the Faith Family Church Campus, North Canton, right along I-77, they saw no snow at all. So it was essentially a northern Ohio phenomenon. So no record for Cleveland at 1.2 inches for the season. I doubt that we're going to see anything here in the next couple of days. So we will close the books on February, certainly with one of those months or Februarys where We ended up with not a whole lot of snowfall, very notably so. However, it is not a record, so we'll have to put that one to bed and see if maybe someday we'll break that record. All records are meant to be broken, and that's uh, quoting a friend of mine, Joe Bastardi from Weather Bell. For those of you familiar with Joe Bastardi, we've had him on the show before. All right, let's talk about the overnight lows In northern New England, northern New York State, and that was Saturday morning. 
while we were on the edge of that system that gave us snow showers, they received quite a chill down. Take a look at some of the readings. You'll see them. Weatherjazz.com, episode number 34, the northern New England temperatures and northern New York state temperatures, the morning lows, Saranac Lake got down to 24 below zero. That's without wind chill. That's on your thermometer. Messina, New York, 12 below. Burlington, Vermont, 6 below. St. Johnsbury, 13 below. And Caledonia County Airport in Lindenville, 13 below. Jay Peak, 14 below. It's uh, towards Newport. Caribou, Maine, getting down to 20 degrees below zero. It was one of those notably cold mornings across northern New England on Saturday. Well, the sun has certainly been very active in terms of sunspots, much more so than what was initially forecasted, and the result has been increased number of northern light spottings all across the northern sections of the northern hemisphere, and that would include the southern hemisphere, although I think they would have a tougher time because they're still in the latter stages of summer. And uh, the closer you get to the poles, the more sun you see almost continuously down in the southern hemisphere. So right now we're still in a position where we have long nights or longer nights than the southern hemisphere. And the best potential for seeing the northern lights would be right about this time of year. And we have seen a number of beautiful, beautiful aurora images on uh, spaceweather.com. If you want to check it out, they've got a great aurora gallery. Now, you'll also see on weatherjazz.com, episode number 34, you'll see a, an animation of SOHO, which is the satellite orbiting the sun and keeping an eye on Things like CMEs, coronal mass ejections. You'll see what that looks like in an animation that I have online, along with a little snippet from spaceweather.com talking about the geomagnetic storm potentials and another what they call a chain reaction explosion on the sun, which is what you're going to see in the animation. Also, on weatherjazz.com, you're going to see a truly spectacular photo from our good friend John Tryon. He's the fellow who is constantly trying to snap pictures of aircraft going through an astronomical object, either the sun or the moon. In this case, he captured an American airline flight, flight number 814, which was a Boeing 787 Dreamliner, and it was going from Philadelphia to Los Angeles, right over Cleveland. It truly is an amazing photograph. Check it out when you have a chance. It was at essentially 38,000 feet, going 423 miles per hour south of Cleveland, passing through the first quarter moon, which was just about 50% illuminated. And he snapped that picture on the 26th of February. That was yesterday, Sunday. At 5.23 p.m., he's very, very specific when it comes to some of the details because then he has to go and backtrack a lot of these aircraft that are in the air using some of the tracking websites to figure out, well, what exactly was that flight? So that is how he's able to determine just exactly what flight it was that was going through, in this case, 
a nearly first quarter moon. Well, already in January 2023, we've had an unusually active tornado season thus far. 168 tornadoes preliminarily have been reported in the month of January in the USA. The three-year average is 47, so it's not one of those months where you get a lot of activity, but most of it would occur in the Deep South. That's where the severe weather begins, Deep South, Texas, the Gulf Coast states, and Florida. And then it begins its slow migration to the north going into the late spring and early summer season. Now, things settle down in the month of February. For the entire month, 23 tornadoes average, the three-year average anyway, is 21. Last year, there were 42. So February was quieter. That was until Sunday night when quite a few tornadoes began to touch down a rather large one in Norman, Oklahoma, right in the central part of the state. And this thunderstorm was really something to be reckoned with. It was a lively, lightning-filled system. A lot of folks putting videos and places like Twitter and Facebook of that thunderstorm going through. At any rate, some of the damage pictures from Norman, truly amazing. We will eventually learn much more about it, but... Only nine tornadoes, and I say, quote-unquote, only nine. One is too many, but nine for Oklahoma at this time of year can be something that you would see periodically at this time of year. But out of those tornadoes, one of them went through Norman, Oklahoma, and the damage truly remarkable. So keep the folks in Norman, central Oklahoma, in prayer that uh, they'll be able to assess things and that neighbors will be helping neighbors And as we look at things, let's hope that uh, this season will not be an active one as January pointed to. February, much closer to normal. And we'll see where we end up in March, April, and May, three of the most active months as far as tornado production is concerned in the USA. Well, that just about does it for this Meteorological Monday. A lot going on just over this very short period That was our focus today, and in the very near future, I will have Scott Sable joining me, perhaps even at the end of this week, to talk about some of the medium and long-range forecasting possibilities as we round a third and get ready to slide in a home plate of this winter across the Northern Hemisphere. Hope you enjoyed today's episode. Let others know that you listen and tune in to Weather Jazz. If you have a question or topic suggestion, I always look forward to your input. You can reach me, weatherjazz at yahoo.com. And don't forget the Weather Jazz Podcast Audience Connect line, where you can leave me a voicemail, 234-525-5888. So where are we going for the Big Blue Marble Project on Science Wednesday? We do have a location, and it is thanks to sportscaster Ken Carman, the host of the popular morning radio show on The Fan, 92.3 FM, and he thought that Finland would be a good spot to check out. Now, I've done a little quick research on Finland already. Fascinating place indeed, so much so that I'm going to have to focus in 
more of the geographical and meteorological aspects of Finland because, and I certainly didn't anticipate this, Finland's history was a tumultuous one. You always look at those Nordic countries as being neutral in most of the world wars. However, it had a really interesting history in terms of its political struggles over the millennia. Now, we're not going to cover that aspect of it. So now things are quiet, and let's hope that they stay that way in Finland. That's the way I'm sure that they would want it. So we're going to focus in on the geographical along with the meteorological aspects of Finland. So join me on Wednesday. In the meantime, I say Onelinen Mantentai, which is Finnish for Happy Monday. Weather and science across the globe.